I've never seen anything in my life so beautiful. Oh, Pam. What would a beautiful lady be doing in a filthy place like that? I don't know. But she was there. Truly she was. Hello, and welcome to the Screen Test of Time, the podcast where we watch every movie ever nominated for Best Picture. I'm Susan Araslin. I'm David Daw. And this week, we are finishing up the 1943 awards, and also the last year for a very long time, where we will have more than five nominees, with The Song of Bernadette, an incredibly long film. I feel like I really earned the next several decades of five nominees a year. (laughs) Yeah, they really fucking took it out of us at the last minute. God, this movie sucked. God, I wish that we could fucking <laughs> bingle answer this movie. Because it's, in addition to sucking, it's just so boring. Because there's only one way this movie could go. It's about a saint, right? And they're just not gonna, in 1943, do a movie about how this saint actually sucked and everybody was right to be skeptical of her. Or that she had a rough life outside of a handful of not feeling very well episodes before she dies at 20. Yeah. Very, very young. Yeah. And really the most tragic thing is when you read the Wikipedia page, the three mildly interesting storylines they had fake toward are all, oh, they just made that up. They made up a love interest for her. They made up Vincent Price. They made up everything in this movie that holds your attention fucking at all. Because her actual life was boring as shit because she was a saint. Yeah, I mean, when you say that is interesting or holds interest at all, (laughs) in reference to Vincent Price, the story that they thread through this that, I mean, maybe it was part of it. I have no idea. I mean, her Wikipedia entry for uh, the actual saint, Bernadette Subiru, is quite short, but essentially is sort of a battle with the local Department of Transportation slash Tourism. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so incredibly bureaucratic that that is the thing that holds your interest. Really tells you a lot about this two hour and 38 minute film. <laughs> God. Yeah. I mean, I didn't hate it quite as much as you did. I think partially because you had watched it before I did and sent me a lot of texts about how much you hated it. (laughs) So I think I was prepared for it to be offensive in a way that it wasn't. It was just incredibly bland. Yeah, I mean, offensive is strong, but it is like, this would be a Kirk Cameron starring religious movie today. Like, this would be a thing that got sent around in church chain letters that, you know, was proof you can never vote for liberals because then they'll get too interested in the town train and try and kill your saint or whatever. (laughs) It doesn't fucking do anything interesting. It doesn't make any sense. The whole thing is just incredibly overlong and expects you to be impressed with it because God shows up, except God doesn't show up because this is a fucking movie. So they just use bad special effects and it's just exhausting is mainly what it is. I guess we can go through the plot, but there's like none of it. I mean, 
mean, the plot is very straightforward for something that <laughs> takes almost three hours to unfold. Yeah. I just finished it like minutes ago, so I'm a little punchy. <laughs> oh, it's so long. Okay. Yeah, there's a 14-year-old girl played by Jennifer Jones who is a very beautiful 20-something-year-old woman. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like, is only vaguely age-appropriate at the end of the movie when she dies at 22. It creates this weird effect where you're not sure how old she's supposed to be when she's dying. This movie jumps time in a way where it's like, has it been three days or five years? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the actual saint died at 35, and I just do not buy that that is the amount of time that passed. This movie is not 20 years. It feels like the movie is 20 years long, but not like 20 years occur within the film. Yeah, it feels like the movie is 20 years long, but covers about two and a half years. Yeah, that feels pretty accurate. Maybe five. Maybe. Yeah. If the coda to the film happens a year and a half or two years later anyway she's this 14 year old girl she's pretty poor she goes to catholic school and her teacher is this nun who is really mean to her she has missed a lot of school because she has asthma which seems to never affect her in this at all one day she's collecting firewood for her family when in this grotto she sees a vision of a lady dressed in white with golden roses at her feet. She tells her mom about it. Her mom is like, don't ever go back there. But she says, oh, but I promised. And then finally she says, okay, I won't go back unless you tell me I can go. We also, I want to make it very clear, physically like see the Virgin Mary that she is seeing the first time she has a vision, because otherwise the people who don't believe her raise some really good fucking points throughout this entire movie. And she never has a particularly good answer for them. The movie wants to make it very clear this actually happened to her, because otherwise like, okay... Well, and another thing I'll say about this is Jennifer Jones won Best Actress for this film. And I gotta say, they had to show the Virgin Mary or what Bernadette says that the woman identifies herself as the Immaculate Conception, which is a slightly different thing. But they have to show it because Jennifer Jones is not acting in any way. Like, she has seen a vision of a glowing woman with golden roses at her feet. Jennifer Jones is not acting in any way full stop. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> like, she just doesn't fucking do anything in this movie. She just stares into the middle distance, and apparently that's what a saint is. She never reacts to anything in this entire film. She is very, very calm through everything. And there's a number of times where she personally says that she is stupid, which apparently means that whenever she is asked a question and someone challenges her on it, that she just repeats the answer and doesn't understand the challenge. Yeah. I'm not sure if this is something that was actually true of the real saint it does not seem to be again from the vast store of knowledge i have gleaned from the very short wikipedia entry <laughs> 
but they do bring this up a few times, which I'm not sure if that's to be a defense of her, that she's not smart enough to fool everyone, and that's the reason that they keep talking about it. Why do they keep hammering this? I think it's... So the movie starts with one of my least favorite Christian arguments, which is to those who believe in God, no proof is necessary. And to those who don't, no proof is sufficient. And it's like, I mean, I feel like there's some middle ground. (laughs) I understand what you're saying about faith, but like, I feel like if God showed up and was like, yo, it's me, I'm God, I'm going to cure cancer. I'd be like, you know what? That works for me. I'd be down with that. I think also this is so clearly a movie about a Catholic saint that was made by and for Protestants. Because when it comes to canonizing someone, there's actually a lot of proof that the Catholic Church requires. Yeah. (laughs) They're not just like, oh, well, she said she saw the Virgin Mary. That's good enough for me. (laughs) Canonized. They spend years investigating these kinds of things, which they mentioned in the film. That's what I mean when I say this is like a Kirk Cameron religious chain letter movie. There is some basis for France in the mid-19th century being kind of anti-religious. The revolution kind of shook that up, shook up sensibilities, shook what people in places thought of the church and all of that. And this movie has no interest in actually digging into any of the minutiae of that. And so Vincent Price is just this crazy man who might be a vampire, who just fucking hates that she sees the Virgin Mary so much. Oh, he hates it so much. (laughs) Like it doesn't fucking make any sense. Uh, But he's very sophisticated about it. (laughs) Well, of course he's Vincent Price. Yeah. He's very sophisticated about it. Anyway, a bunch of pilgrims start going out to this grotto, which is apparently very dirty and gross. And uh, this bothers the local authorities, one of whom is Vincent Price. The rest of whom do not matter. (laughs) At all. They threaten her with arresting her and her family because she is claiming to see the Virgin Mary. Anyway, at some point, she gets a vision from the Virgin Mary who tells her to go drink and wash her hands at this spring, except there's no spring there. So she just kind of digs until some water comes up. But not before rubbing a bunch of mud on her face and all the pilgrims who follow her around are like, oh, it turns out she was an idiot. We hate her now and all leave. Right. And then the spring comes up and cures a guy's blindness and seems to cure everybody's everything. Like, it seems like this spring is an infinite source of panacea. No limits on this are ever established. I mean, today, I mean, even now, people go and visit this place for that purpose to cure illnesses. I don't know how effective it is. Here's the thing. (laughs) I do not mean to just completely dismiss the idea of something supernatural in the world or that they're is a god, but it it is one of those things where, like, filmmaking is not really, especially this kind of film, is just not built for the kind of gray areas it wants to head fake toward. So, like, clearly this fountain doesn't cure all disease ever, or it wouldn't be some people going to visit it sometimes, right? They actually set up a bureau, the Pope 
in the early 20th century set up the Lord's Medical Bureau to examine every case of someone who came forward claiming that they had been miraculously cured, of which there are apparently 7,000 and... 69 have been declared scientifically inexplicable. Hey, Catholics? Nice. Yeah. <laughs> nice. But, I mean, again, that goes back to what I was saying, is that the Catholic Church is actually very strict about proof when it comes to miracles. That's a pretty low number that they, nice as it is, that they have confirmed compared to 7,000 who have claimed sure. that they have been healed. Though millions of people go every year, 7,000 out of millions per year is still very, very low. I do not mean to claim that this fountain has never healed anyone and it's all fake and gah. I only mean to claim that this film seems to imply that just anybody that walks up to this fountain immediately has everything about them healed. And like it works 100% of the time. I mean, it basically brings a baby back to life in this movie. Yep. This baby is born with some kind of rickets or something where they don't have any musculature in their legs. The baby is dying, getting last rites, and the mom scoops up the baby, runs out of the house, puts the baby in the spring, and then suddenly, not only does the baby not die, but instantly has musculature in the legs where he never did before. And now, now shit gets real. <laughs> Yeah. This is, by the way, an hour and 40 minutes into this film. God, yeah. Because finally the local priest is like, well, I guess we should talk to the church about how you see the Virgin Mary instead of just asking, are you really seeing the Virgin Mary and you going yes for an hour and 20 minutes, which is what this movie has been so far. And so instead he asks his boss and his boss is like, well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Nothing. Because if she's seeing God, God'll make me do something. And you're like, that seems not like doctrine at all, but okay. And then God makes Emperor Napoleon the fourth or the third. I forget which one this is at this point in time. It's the third. Yeah. Who does not seem to be as chill of a dude historically as this film seems to fucking show him as. No, he really wasn't. Well, the Empress usually sends some duchess or something there to get the water for her son, who has what the doctors seem to describe as a cold. Yeah. <laughs> but the aristocratic lady gets arrested as well as a bunch of other people because the bishop decides that they're going to close off the grotto for reasons. Yeah. So a bunch of people get arrested and the aristocratic lady is like, fine, I'll pay the one franc fine. And here's a hundred more for all of my friends who also got arrested. And I'll be having that water back because it's for the empress. Yeah. Fuck you, atheists. Anyway, then the emperor is like, thank you for curing my child's deadly disease that definitely wasn't a cold my wife got hysterical about and has the catholic church try and canonize her because this movie says that's how that worked and maybe at the time it was for some complicated bureaucratic reason but boy they sure don't explain how that's not a thing the pope does like that like <laughs> well i mean is it the emperor who does it he says that he, they can reopen the grotto and that they can do whatever this commission is to figure out if she has actually experienced a miracle yes only because 
the priest's boss he goes to, who's like the archbishop, I think, but who cares, goes like specifically, I'm not going to do this. Only the emperor has to order it. And I'm not going to tell the emperor to order it. And you're like, why does the emperor have to order it? But I guess just so that they can have the emperor do this thing with his kid, which I don't know if that actually happened or not. Who knows? I think it was really just they had some leftover costumes from another film and they wanted to make sure that they padded this movie out. Yeah. Anyway, once that's established, the committee to start canonizing her begins. And you know what that means. More people asking her if she really sees the Virgin Mary and her going, yes, with completely no affect while staring at nothing. Actually, she never says that she saw the Virgin Mary. Everybody else tells her that, and she says that she's not very smart, so... Right, it's the same way she dodges the question of everybody keeps giving her family shit, and she goes, well, I've never taken anything. And it's like, well, your dad did, and he fed it to you, so that kind of fucking counts now, doesn't it? (laughs) Like, (laughs) uh... Well, but the lady would be mad if she accepted anything. But Directly, I guess. Yeah. Directly. (laughs) But the lady isn't fucking smart enough to figure out a shell game with one move. (laughs) Anyway, I'm infuriated by this movie because it's boring and all of its smarmy answers about why she definitely saw the Virgin Mary, even though she... Okay, at first her not getting it is something, but after an hour of people going like... Do you see the Virgin Mary? And her going, well, I've never claimed it's the Virgin Mary. It's just everyone else says it's the Virgin Mary. I just say it's someone who looks exactly like the biblical description of the Virgin Mary, but just nods her head beatifically whenever I ask what her name is. And it's like, well, then you fucking make up your own mind. Do something, Jesus. They go through all of this investigation to find out if she's a saint. She is kind of overwhelmed by all of this and decides that she's going to become a nun. Yeah, she decides she's going to go work at some manor estate job that has been lined up for her that I guess she, you know, worked through her offshore accounts so the Virgin Mary doesn't get mad at her. (laughs) And then the priest is like, no, you actually have to go be a nun for reasons. And she goes, okay, and you're like, well, that's convincingly her being an idiot, because I don't understand a goddamn thing the priest just said as an explanation for why she has to do this. And she just sort of accepts it. And you're like, yeah, I mean, I guess she's just sort of accepted everything in this movie, so that makes sense. And then we have this totally out-of-nowhere moment where this boy who was the first one to believe her about the spring comes back to the movie for the first time in 35 minutes and says, my mom is dying and, you know, she and I get along really well, so I decided I wasn't going to get married as long as she's around because I don't want any tension between my wife and my mom. But, you know, she's dying, so... No, he's saying the opposite of that. He's saying his dad is dying and his mom's never going to die and depends on him. So he's never going to get married. So wink, wink, we're like married in the eyes of God because I'm your love interest. So like you can go get married to the church and I'll be married to liking my mom. 
I guess. Wait, was that what happened? That makes no sense. I thought yeah, mine. It, I thought mine didn't make any sense, but that makes even less sense. It does, but it's what happened, and I'll tell you why I know because that's completely fucking made up. <laughs> the Wikipedia page for the movie is like the romantic relationship where he promises to never get married and love her chastely for the rest of his life is absolute bullshit. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, yeah, it feels that way. <laughs> Anyway, she goes to the convent and the head of the novices at the convent is none other than her Catholic school teacher who hated her and has never believed her and still doesn't. She is like, okay, that's fine because I just stare blankly at whatever anyone says to me. Because literally any event that could happen in this movie is fine. (laughs) Yeah. And the sister is all mad that God chose Bernadette and didn't choose her. And then Bernadette is limping all the time. And the sister accuses her of doing it for show because she wants attention. And then a doctor comes in. Don't know why, since apparently the sister doesn't believe anything is wrong with her. She shows her leg to her and her leg apparently has this gigantic tumor on it. But that we don't ever see on camera. But apparently, because the nun is like, let me tell you why I don't believe you. It's because God only ever gives you anything good if you suffer and you've never suffered. And like, I should see the Virgin Mary because my life's been dog shit. And all you've ever done is complain about your asthma. Or not even complain. She says, oh, yeah, I've never suffered. So I guess you're right. I don't know why I got this because I'm not suffering now. And then it turns out she has tuberculosis of the bone. Yeah. uh, Which is pretty hardcore. Yeah. She gets really sick and then... Again, while dying, people come and are like, so are you sure that you saw the Virgin Mary? Is that, are you you sure? And for the first time in this entire film, 15 minutes before the end, which by the way, is two hours and 23 minutes into it, she gets a little bit upset and says, yes, I saw her, I saw her, but I'm never going to see her again. And then actually she does see her as she's dying and then she dies and then... End of film. No, then Vincent Price... Oh, yeah. Yeah, that happens before she dies. Vincent Price goes back... Doesn't it? It does. But while she's dying and has to say all this stuff about, I did see her, I did see her. Then Vincent Price goes and is like, hey, I'm back in, in town to talk to everybody. What's going on? Boy, my life sucks now. Cough, cough. I definitely have cancer that I don't know about, but everybody else thinks I do. Then Bernadette dies, and that's the end. And there's big sweeping strings, and we're supposed to be very moved because she saw the Virgin Mary again at last whilst dying. Also, Vincent Price goes to the spring shrine place and begs Bernadette to heal him. Prays to God and Bernadette to heal him so that the terrible non-believer can suffer and learn the error of their ways. But we don't know if he actually gets healed. We don't know if he was one of the holy 69. Probably not, though. Probably not. Yeah, it sucked. It was super boring. Can't believe it won any Oscars or was nominated for anything. I mean, I can because this is the kind of shit that the Oscars will go for. It is just bad, though. Like, it's not even good at being the thing that it kind of wants to be because our lead is so boring 
I don't really even blame her. She's very clearly not allowed to act, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it really does feel like the director was saving all of it for that deathbed outburst, and that was it. It was like, this is going to have so much punch because you're going to do absolutely nothing the rest of the film. <laughs> But it doesn't because she's done absolutely nothing the rest of the film. Yeah, this won four awards. Fuck me. What were the other three? Best Art Direction Interior Decoration Black and White, which I don't see. No, God, no. Best Cinematography, which I also don't see because most of this takes place indoors except for little shots of the grotto, which are not very impressive. And Best Music, which like, fine. The music is okay. It's... (laughs) Honestly, though, no. It's, like, way, way too fucking overpowering. Like, it tries way too hard to be like, Jesus, Jesus, God, now important thing, you have to listen to the heavenly chorus. And it's like, I get it. She's fucking seeing the Virgin Mary. Calm down. (laughs) And, like, not because I don't think it's important. It's because even applying that level of importance to it, you're like, music, you're here, I need you here. Like, it's trying too hard for seeing the Virgin Mary. Well, it's also pushing (laughs) scenes that are not dramatic filmmaking-wise into having a level of drama that is unearned, so it feels pretty clashy. Yeah. Like, oh, she's digging in the mud. Why do we have these incredible orchestral strings for this? All of these nominations, God, all the... God, all these nominations, but all the awards, they sound like, ah, well, Jennifer Jones was good in it. And you're like, was she? (laughs) It seems like the Academy has decided this movie needs to win something. And these are all the things you would pick because they're the only things you remember (laughs) from the movie. They're like the things you remember to talk about, but none of them are particularly good. No, not really. They're just noticeable. (laughs) If anything, this movie proved to me that Unless we're looking at a martyr, there's not a whole lot in your average saint's life that is dramatically interesting. You know, I think you could do this as an interesting movie, but it would require being a movie that is more willing to actually question what it means to have faith. Because this movie doesn't want to be about faith because it doesn't leave open to interpretation whether she saw the Virgin Mary or not. She did. Absolutely. In this movie. Yeah. I mean, we we see see it. it. (laughs) A movie that is about what it is to believe something when no one around you believes it and not really knowing whether you believe it anymore at some point is kind of interesting. But this movie isn't that because it just wants to smarmily go like, well, aren't these people fucking idiots for not believing the saint that they're not seeing because a 14 year old girl told them that it's God, whatever. Anyway, don't watch this movie. If you're forced to watch it, pretend Vincent Price is a vampire. That's the only way I got through it. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I couldn't turn that off, by the way. Once you had told it to me, I was like, well, he's just a vampire, which is why at the end I was very confused. (laughs) I'm like, why is the vampire needing to be healed? Yeah. But yeah, it's not great. I'm going to give it a two. 
Yeah, I'm d- I'm down with that. Down from a three because my god, it did not need to be so long. If you're just gonna make a boring movie that's to make Protestant Americans really excited, even while they probably hate Catholic people. <laughs> You could make it 75 minutes long. (laughs) Yeah. Left Behind 2 Tribulation Force has the decency to be 95 minutes. (laughs) And if this movie had the decency to be 95 minutes, I would probably go all the way up to a three. (laughs) Yeah, same. And don't watch it. No. And now for the part of every episode at the end of every year of nominees where we discuss whether or not the Academy- It's Casablanca! (laughs) Okay, yeah. It's Casablanca- it won. It was the right movie. There's literally nothing in this year that even compares. Watch on the Rhine is almost close. Like, Watch on the Rhine could get in the ring with Casablanca. It'd be knocked out in the first round, but it could at least get in the ring with it, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying that there aren't other good movies in this. I also think the Oxbow Incident actually is really good. Those are the three just slam dunk nominees. I'm looking for the other two... Uh, I guess human comedy just on the back of Mickey Rooney trying his fucking best through a dog shit movie. Um, and Madam Curie? God, it's really scraping the bottom of the barrel. No, absolutely not. I will take The More the Merrier or Heaven Can Wait over Madam Curie because even though they were not good movies, at least they were goofy. Yeah, all right. More the Merrier, I guess, is fifth. But like, if human comedy is in the top five, boy, oh boy, do you not need more than five nominees. I feel like this year is a really solid argument for what happens in 1944. (laughs) What movie on this list do you think is the one that made the Academy go, maybe only five from now on, you guys? <laughs> a Song of Bernadette? <laughs> no, they loved it. They loved it. I mm, In which we serve? You know what? No, I think they loved that. Right? They had to. <laughs> it was about war and it was a patriotic film. Though it was a British patriotic film, so... Yeah, it seems like probably it was the number of these that feel perfunctory in that way, rather than, I guess, any given one of these. If it was any given one of these, I think it would be either Human Comedy or In Which We Serve, even though Human Comedy is better than five of these movies. Yeah, or For Whom the Bell Tolls definitely feels like one of those where they went, well, it's got Gary Cooper in it, and it's ostensibly about fighting fascism and it's a Hemingway novel so we have to nominate it right yeah yeah I guess we do oh and it's in Technicolor and I think that was the point where they went okay listen we're we're not doing this anymore it's got to be much stricter (laughs) it's a good thing they do because I don't know how much longer I can take 10 movies (laughs) and we're gonna have to well you don't have to anymore I know not until what is it 2009 yeah that they start doing it again because we've learned nothing all the mistakes we made in the 40s are coming back to haunt us (laughs) we're just making them all over again literally all of them yeah But next week, we have the first 1944 movie, which is Going My Way, a musical comedy starring Bing Crosby. And is our winner. Yeah, we're starting with the winner again. Honestly, that's usually a good sign for the movie itself and kind of a bad sign for the year. 
Because usually if the Academy still remembers a movie exists after six months, it's <laughs> usually pretty good. That's true. Yeah. But there's some other movies in here that I think are, I at least understand are good. Like Double Indemnity, Gaslight. Yeah. The other two I have never heard of. And one of them is a biopic of Woodrow Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, okay, cool. Which I think at this point is still going to feature a lot of shots of him, like, doing a soft shoe around the White House. Just really, <laughs> really walking around and enjoying himself. But we don't have to watch that one for a month, so that's fine. Yeah. Tune in next week to find out if this musical starring Bing Crosby is any good. That's all there is to it. The poster's bad. It's early in the year. I have my hopes. Yeah. <laughs> but we shall see. And until then... This ruined my YouTube search algorithm. It will not stop fucking telling me about Saints. <laughs> That's yet another reason to not watch this movie. <laughs> It will make YouTube think that you give a shit about minor saints. I mean, maybe you do, in which case, go for it. Yeah, the comment section underneath the movie certainly seemed to. There you go. <laughs> anyway, bye, everyone. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> oh, Mary, Mother of God, pray for me.